And as this service has gone on, everything that we plan for this service is centered around what our pastor loves from the songs and everything that we've been doing. And um, we have a few guest speakers that are going to speak today. And I'm so proud of them. And I want to invite Brother Tristan Grogan to come up. He's grown up, and um, I know he's going to preach today, but God forgive you for the lie that you had to tell your dad. <laughs> but um, we thought it'd be, I don't, you didn't know, huh? You didn't know he was going to speak. But what more than a family member speaking to family members? And... This young man, we've seen him grow. Now he's in college. And the Lord has given him a word. How many are ready to receive the word of God? Can we all stand and receive Brother Tristan Grogan? It's good to be back home. Amen. Um, first of all, I just want to give all thanks to God for allowing us all to be here today and be together. And I just want to thank my my pastor, my dad, I love him so much, and my mom, they're so awesome. I don't think most of us would be here today if it wasn't for their love and their kindness to all of us. And my, my grandpa, our brother Bishop, um, thank him for building the foundation for all of us, because none of us would be here in this building if it wasn't for him and the foundation that he's built today. Um, but I'm just going to talk for a little bit, if that's okay. Um, I won't be too long, but, I mean, I was heard they got paid by the hour, so. <laughs> I'm just playing, but um, gl glad to be here. Um, I just, I, I have a word from God. I know it's Sunday morning. We just have one service, but I believe God's going to do something amazing here this morning. And, um, and we'll, I just want to start off with prayer because I believe that, you can't really deliver a word if we're not in prayer and if we're not, you know, in tune with God. So if we could just pray real quick, just to give all glory to God and pray that the message will be delivered right. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Can we just give a hand clap of praise to God today? And you guys may be seated. You may be seated. Um, I'm going to be reading in uh, 1 Samuel 17. You guys can turn there. You guys don't have to stand. But 1 Samuel 17, we're going to read. Um, starting at verse 1. So now that the Philistines gather together. Thank you, Brother Eli. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered at Shkoshka, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shkoshka and Azekah in Ephes Dememim. <laughs> Sorry, these are some big words in the Bible. And, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array <clears throat> against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and the Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp, Philistines named Goliath of Gath, who was six cubits and a span. So I'm 
pretty sure none of us know what six cubits in a span is, but I looked it up. He measures out about like nine foot nine, which that dude's a giant. I mean, you think, you think my grandpa is a giant. This dude is huge. This dude is huge. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and it was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out in your battle in array? Am not I of Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but... I'd be pretty scared if I saw a nine foot nine dude just straight calling out everybody. He said, I'm about to fight you and I'm about to kill you and then y'all about to be our servants. But I'd be a little scared too. I'd, be, I'd go hide and run away. So now David was the son of the Ephrite of Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul in to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and the next to him was Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned to his Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. So 40 days straight, he went out to the same battlefield, and he just called him out every day. And Jesse said unto his Unto David his son, take now for thy brethren an Ephim and Epa of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and the and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they, all the men of Israel, were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper, and took went as Jesse had commanded him, and went to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the army battle in array, an army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled for him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel, have ye seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to all the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And so David's like, why are you guys afraid? We serve the one God, and he, doesn't, he serves a bunch of fake gods, and we have the one God. And we're, we're sitting out here scared. See, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the church today that we get, we get scared of uh, 
a battle that's put in front of us, but it's actually God. He puts those battles in front of us because he's testing us because he's testing us if, to see if we're going to remain strong in our faith. And there's a lot of people that right whenever a trial comes, they're going to run away scared and then ask God why all of these problems coming. But it's because they never put their trust in God in the first place. So he's not going to, he's not going to be there if you're not, you're not solid in your prayer life. So can I get an amen? All right. And the people answered in him this manner, saying, So it shall be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou hither? And with whom hast thou left with few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down the battle, the battle, come down in thy might, seeth battle. And the older brother, he's like, He's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, you're like 10. He's like, you're not going to be able to fight this big old giant. He's like, we're all scared. He's like, what are you, he's like, what are you doing here? And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for them. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight him, but thou art but a youth, and he of a man of war from his youth. See, there's a lot of people in the church that we like to persecute our, our younger generation for trying to, trying to praise and get involved, but it's actually going to be our younger generation that takes over in the future, so we actually need to be there supporting them the most because they are, they are the future of our church, so we need to be there supporting them. And David said unto Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, but thou art a youth, and he of man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and he took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and I smote him, and delivered it against his mouth. And when he arose me, I caught him by his beard and slew him smote him and slew him. So he, he's talking about, he was in the field one day, just tending his sheep, and then a bear and a lion just come out, and he just straight attacks them. Dude, dude just, dude on animal, just straight attack that dude. He straight snaps that lion's neck. He said, you're not killing my sheep. He said, I'm protecting my youth. Ooh, that, was, that was funny. I just, it was just like, he's like, he's like my age and he's like, he's like taking out sheep and he's taking out lions and bears and I'm, I'm just like, oh my, <laughs> but, um, he went out, he went out after him and he smote them and going to 36, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. See, any, any circumstance or trial that we go against, we, we don't need to be going in there scared. We just need to be going there, you know, God's got this. I'm just going to let it all go. I'm going to give it all to God because God's going to take over and God's going to handle my situation because I'm not, I'm not worried about anything that comes against me because I, I have the one living God on my side. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord will be with thee. And Saul armed with um, 
Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he also armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. I, I believe that in the scripture, I, I believe that this armor is representing burdens in our life. I believe that um, Saul was trying to put on David all these things that he really didn't need. And, and there were things of this world that he didn't need because, like, he just had God. So I believe that all that armor was burdens that we put on ourselves that we think that we need. So we go to this world and we turn to this world for things that we think we need, but we really don't because, you know, we, we can turn to the, the one who knows everything. We can turn to the one that has power over all things. And, and he took his staff in his hand and chose and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had even in his scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on, draw near to David, and the man bare the shield went before him. And when Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest with me staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. He said, David, he's like, you're like two inches tall. He's like, I'm nine feet. This, this is not a challenge. He's like, why are you even here? He's like, you're already, you're basically dead. And, and the Philistine said unto David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, thou comest with me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee with the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Man, we just got to stop putting our faith in the world and start putting our trust in God. Any situation, any problems, any depression, any kind of things we're going to, addictions, anything we're going through, just put all of our faith in God because God's, God's going to take over everything. And this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give one of the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the earth and to the wild beasts of the air, earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword and with spear, but for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So I believe, I, I honestly truly believe, it doesn't say in, in scripture, but I believe he was a little scared. I mean, I'd be a little scared going against a nine-foot, nine-inch dude who was just out here with a giant old sword and all this armor. I'm just like... It's like no chance, but I, I believe he, he had a little bit of fear in his heart, but he, he truly knew God could take over and handle the situations in his life. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, and David hasted and ran towards the enemy to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk in his forehead, and he fell upon the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with the sling and the stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him. For there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it underneath the sheaf thereof, and slew him, and cut off the head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champions was dead, he, they fled. And the men of Israel and the Judah arose, and shouted, and pursued the Philistines, until thou cometh to the valley of the gates of Akron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down on the way to Sacrum, and even unto Gath and the Akram. So, 
And so this is the story of David. And he's just, it's just, we, we need to stop putting our trust and faith into the world because there's, there's a lot of stuff that we do that we know we shouldn't be doing. And just because you don't feel convicted about it doesn't mean it's not right. So there's, there's a lot of things we just need to, we need to get our spirit in check. And, and for those of you who don't know, um, this is kind of off topic, but if you don't know, I work at In-N-Out and it's, it's a pretty stressful and crazy work environment. Like it's, it's crazy. As you guys can see, we're, we're busy all the time and, you know, but we like to, we like, we like to have our fun. We like to have our fun at In-N-Out and when it's not too busy, we'll mess around and they'll, in Stockton, they'll start singing songs, being crazy, but, and it's, and it's funny, like, we won't, we won't clean, and we won't, like, I mean, it's not that we won't clean, it's just that we don't really care too much about how everything looks, because it's not, it's not really a big deal of, a big deal, but once we have, every once in a while, I think it's like once a month, we'll have our, our QFC, which is our, our quality assurance person that will come to the in and out, make sure everything's running smoothly. And when he comes, no one's smiling, no one's joking around. Everyone instantly gets put into place. They, they're cleaning everything the fast as they can. It's like, like, and then my boss sees something, like it's like a little thing too. And he's like, he's like, go do that. I'm like, okay. So then I go do it. But it's crazy how whenever we're in the dark and we're by ourselves, we, we, will do anything because like we're not we're not afraid of of no because nobody's watching so we don't we think it's okay but once we have that someone watching then we finally get convicted and we're like oh I shouldn't be doing that or I should be doing this and we just need to we need to put this in our hearts that you know there's power in that name and and if I'm going through anything I'm just going to call on that name and and I know that he's going to he's going to bring me out of it and that's all I have for you today. Um, God bless. Love you all. What a word that he brought. I was waiting for that baseball five-second sermon, remember? The first one. He's come a long way. He's come a long way. Today we have our second guest speaker, Sister Brooklyn, uh, who will be coming forward. She's grown. We've always known her growing up as a little girl. But God has used her mightily. And go ahead and take your liberty. I told you whatever God puts in your heart. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. So before I start, I just kind of want to say that I'm so happy that all my family's here. I don't get that very often because we're all busy, all of life, but God is good. I'm so happy you guys are here. I love you all very much. Um, another thing I want to say before is that how grateful I am that we're doing this because this man right here doesn't get near as much the recognition that he deserves. He gives himself so much. Like it's, 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 I remember I, I have a picture somewhere on my phone of him out doing the, the, the lawn for the church. You don't see pastors doing that. He gives of himself, and he doesn't ask anything in return. He would prefer that we wouldn't do anything in return. But I'm so grateful for him. I'm so grateful for my mom. She's amazing. Just as we're honoring him, we should honor her as well. She's amazing. And 
everything I am is because of them. And my grandparents, thank you so much for the legacy and everything you've left for us because we would not be here, none of us would be here in this place without you and the work that you've done and the labor that you've done for this. And the brother and sister del Toro, my heart, I love you guys so much. God bless you. So I, I, I won't take much of your time, uh, but okay. So I'm kind of starting different because usually people start with a scripture, but that's how I'm starting. So um, back at CLC, we're currently on a media fast, and what that is is where well, some people would say, oh, it's not for social media, but I'm doing social media, no social media for three months, and no movies, anything of that nature. So with that, there is a lot of time on my hands. Because <laughs> one, one of the guys is just like, oh, now what do I do? I just stare at the wall for <laughs> all the time and be on my phone. But one thing that uh, we have done in that extra time is done puzzles. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have a puzzle. Um, I have like these Thomas Kincaid Disney puzzles. They're very nice. And so um, I, I finished mine, but then there was one day we were all doing this puzzle. It wasn't mine, but it was another girl's. And it was like really pretty house with like greenery. And so they'd been working on it for like a long time. Then as we got towards the end, they finished it. But... <laughs> There was one piece missing. <laughs> Imagine how like the OCD people are like, oh, it's so pretty, a pretty picture. And then that one piece and like you have no clue where it's at. It's not like it has like a tracking device on it or you can find it. Like it's gone. <laughs> the picture is not complete. <laughs> so it, it was just sitting there with this one little piece that's gone. And I was so frustrated every time I'd look at it. Like, man, what a waste. All that work. But, and I, I, I believe that our lives are very much like this. And we are called and meant to live this beautiful life. And, and here's the thing. Your, your life shouldn't be boring when you're living for God. Some people have this thing where, like, you're confined into a box. Where you're not allowed to go out and live life and have fun. Like, of course, like, there are things that you can't do. Like, obviously, this is not, doesn't give, get a jail-free card. <laughs> but our lives should be exciting and fun. God has called us to live a good life, not a boring life where you sit on your tushes and do nothing. Like, <laughs> we're called to live a good life. Uh, but I think that, like it says in like Psalm 16, verse 11, back to that, thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy, completeness at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But I think that our lives should be great, but if we're missing one thing, if we're missing God, that one piece, the whole masterpiece of our life, the beautifulness of our life is void completely. And without God, the beautiful masterpiece that, our li that is our lives isn't complete. And you can try to feel like, like there's there a guy who literally went with that piece when they were doing it. He would get every single piece and try to like fit it like one by one by one. <laughs> and you can try to fill that empty space in your life with possessions, with people, with position, with relationships. And it's kind of like a puzzle piece that's going to fit somewhere that you're going to try to fit it somewhere, but it won't ever fit. You can try to force it to fit in that space, 
but in the end, it won't ever satisfy. You can push it, you, you're just going to end up bending it, and then it's going to be dumb, and then when it's supposed to go to the place where it's supposed to go, it's going to look ridiculous. And you will save so much pain and heartache when you recognize that the only thing that will fill that void in your life is him. Amen? And just like it says in Isaiah 55, verse 2, Wherefore do you spend your money for which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. In Psalms 107.9, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth hungry souls with goodness. In Jeremiah 31.25, for I have satisfied the weary soul and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. And if anyone understands what it feels like to have just emptiness in your life, it's, it's definitely me. I grew up in church in this truth and you would imagine that Oh, she grew up in church. It's probably a really easy life. Well, I can beg to differ. Anybody who's in ministry can, can attest to the fact that it's not by any means easy. And church became who I was and what I did from a young age. Because, like, I remember I, I would sleep right under over there. <laughs> like, I've learned that I can sleep through anything. Because if you can sleep through an apostolic wor worship service, you can sleep through absolutely anything. So kids who are raised in church... Yeah. <laughs> um, but church was who I was and what I did. And over time, it was something that I did. Like, it wasn't out of a deep desire for God. It just became like a routine. And But there came a point in my life where I fell into a deep sadness and oppression because I found myself feeling purposeless. And I could feel this big hole in my life that I really didn't know how to fill. Obviously, I was in church, and the answer is right here. But you just get so caught up in the world and your routine and distraction that you just put it all aside, and you're just going through your day. Because you, you, can, you can know how to play church. Let's, let's, let's be real. It's very easy. So you know how to stand up at the right times, clap your hands at the right times, jump at the right time, speak in tongues at the right time. By the way, it's very, very real to not speak in tongues while you're speaking in tongues, if that makes sense. You can speak in tongues, but you're not in the spirit when you're not connected. Because it becomes so routine, so part of just what we do, that it's like wired in you. It's like subconscious. And in that time, I would ask, why am I here? And what is my purpose? And I would carry on through life feeling empty and unfulfilled. And I tried to fill the emptiness with friendships. Because if anyone knows me, I give everything to a friendship. And like, you, I can give you stories. It's kind of crazy. Um, I, in music and hobbies and really anything that I could think of. But I would come to church and feel absolutely nothing at all. But little did I know that my answer was right here, right at this altar. There was and still is a God who yearns to fill that emptiness inside of you. It is not his will for you to go through life feeling like you have no purpose. And let him fill that missing space. He is and always has been and forever will be the only one who can fill your emptiness and complete you. You go through life having this big hole and you try to fill it with outside things and it's not going to work. It's like a piece in that puzzle that you just keep trying to shove in there, but it's not going to work because there's only one specific piece that will work and that is him. 
We can't go through our lives anymore trying to fill it with the distractions and the things of this world because it's not going to satisfy. There's only one thing, and it's him. And ye are complete in him, Colossians 2.10, which is the head of all principality and power. And if I can have the musicians come up. Colossians 2, verse 10, as we said. We were, and one thing is that we were created with that void. It didn't just magically come up. We were created with it. And some, some of you may think, like, why are we created with an emptiness? Why were we made to feel this way? And the void in our life is set to be there as a constant reminder that we cannot make it on our own. We can't. You can try, but will fail, I guarantee you. He is the only one who can sustain you. We cannot make it without him. Because I'm a very independent person. I try to carry all the weight of the world on my shoulders. I don't like to tell people about my problems. I like to go about life trying to handle it all on my own. But sooner or later, I'm going to fall because I'm not meant to go through this life on my own. We have a savior and he's not going to burst into our life. He's waiting on us to say, God, I can't do this by myself. I need you to come and carry me and lead me. Not by my might, nor by my power, but by your spirit, God. We cannot make it without him and the deepest thirst of our souls can only be quenched by him. And I have a special surprise. Um, so they asked me to sing as well. And I racked my brain on what to do. And it wasn't until uh, this Friday, I had been writing a song for a while now. It had been coming here and there. It's not very long. And I got the lyrics back in September at Lifeline Conference. And... It wasn't until service where God just began to pour some things into me. And this this song is my heart and kind of goes with this. And I'm going to go into another song as well. But it just talks about all I need is you, Jesus. That nothing else will satisfy. So worship with me.
How many received that word this morning? I said, how many received that word this morning? I know we're taking our time today, but it's not a regular service. God's presence is in this place. We have one more who's going to just wrap it up here. So I remember that day I sat in your office and you're all asking me, do you need me, do you need me to fly my dad so he can speak? I already knew he was going to be here. <laughs> but I appreciate Elder Grogan for being here. And I asked him if he would speak. Uh, I asked him to, grandchildren were going to speak, but if he would be the last speaker. Like I said, it's, 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 a, um, it's a privilege and it's an honor um, when it's a father and son. You always learn from your dad no matter what age. They always have a word for you. And I can, I can, I can tell you that by experience. And I want to ask Elder Grogan to please come forward. Let's all love the Lord just a little bit, can we? Hallelujah. Master, we love you today. So grateful, oh God, for your presence. Lord, do we feel in this house today. Bless, oh God. Bless, oh God. Hallelujah. Mother Abbott, I believe we're in the ninth hour. And the relief pitcher has been called. And Tristan, how can I follow that? Brooklyn, my baby, how can I follow that? I, I mentioned to Tristan, uh, I said, now your dad pays $200 an hour. And uh, I figured that out to be about $3.33 a sec, I mean a minute. So you owe your boy $56.61. Now, Trist, I mean, Brooklyn went just about one minute longer. So she's going to make another $3.33 more than you. Now, son, I'm going to try to go about four hours at $3.33 a minute. But really, church, Brother Duke, good to see you. We are living in our last hour. And I feel like I'm, I'm the relief pitcher today. Uh, Tristan knocked it out of the park. <laughs> in fact, I told him, I said, now when you get out of Bible school, the Lord has spoke to me, and he's told you to come to Oklahoma. <laughs> so that's a joke, folks. Uh, in Brooklyn, I am so proud of you. So proud of you. Nothing really happens in any service until he shows up. And as I walked through those doors this morning, I felt the presence of the Lord. And surely he is in this place today. And I cannot add to what Tristan brought. What a, what a knockout. Hey, man, I, I wondered if you'd go a couple of minutes. Uh, I was talking to Brother White here some time back, and he said, uh, we were talking about my son, and he said, well, he first preached here, and, and uh, when he approached the pulpit, I asked him if he had his notes. I don't need any notes. 
It's all up here. So Sister Abbott, he lasted about two minutes. And so Brother White said, it might be a good idea to bring notes next time. <laughs> but what an honor it is to be here today. And uh, this is an emotional time. And uh, there has been some uh, tears shed uh, with your gratitude towards uh, your pastor. And I'm so grateful for that. And uh, the brethren called me and wanted to know if we could make it. And, of course, we had been gone quite often from the church. And, but I said, you know what, I'm going to make it. And uh, so we, we had made arrangements to fly out, and we missed three flights, two flights, no, three flights. And then finally I found a flight to Ontario and was able to make it into Fresno. Now, my wife has a doctor's appointment on Monday, so that was a good excuse to stop by our son's house. And uh, anyway, uh, pastor knew I was coming. And uh, so it wasn't really a surprise to him. And I told him I'll be leaving because anytime I'm in town and the whites get notice of that, they'll have me preach. And uh, anyway, so I left that alone, uh, just didn't tell a lot of the details. And so I told him I had to go to Fresno, turn my car and get another one. And I'll see you maybe Monday. And so we exchanged cars we made it back to Oklahoma. I'm back to, to Larry. And uh, anyway, our son was gone. They were over at the Abbots playing basketball. I'm telling you, I'm just a relief pitcher this morning. Uh, the, the other two has already knocked out of the park. So I'm just really stalling a little bit because I want to make some money. And uh, <laughs> But anyway, we, we made it back. And we were sitting in the recliner, and our son comes in, and he looks at me, and he goes, what are you doing back here? <laughs> what a welcome. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, what am I doing back here? <laughs> so I begin to tell him that uh, we come to honor him, and, and uh, uh, I do honor him today, and I honor his wife and my precious grandbabies. Amen. But 27 years ago, our son was up on one of our roofs of our shop buildings, and Brother Randy Graham was there. He was getting ready to go to Bible school, and so um, they were up there tearing the shingles off of the roof. And uh, I think it was the second or third day they finished, and he came down and said, Dad, I want to go to Bible college. I go, you want to go to Bible college? And I thought, well, maybe it was just because Randy's going. But I said, son, why are you going to Bible college? He said, because God called me to preach. And I said, so you want to be a preacher so you can sleep late and eat fried chicken. That's what they think we do all the time, just sleep late and eat fried chicken. In fact, there was a man in the church in Oklahoma that lived on the corner, and uh, he would get his binoculars out early in the morning to see what time the pastor got up. Uh, but that's not the case. But I told our son, I said, listen, when you go to Bible school, I want you to pick your friends wisely because there will be some there that aren't going for the purpose of getting closer to the Lord. Uh, they're there for other reasons. 
And so he chose his friends wisely. But many great things followed that. He was our youth pastor in Oklahoma and uh, did a great work. He served in Oklahoma as a sectional youth uh, director. And then God began to talk to him about evangelizing. And uh, I remember him coming to the kitchen and telling us, and my wife said, oh, no, you won't come back. And he said, oh, I'll be back. Well, he never has come back. <laughs> so here he is blessing you folks and doing the work of the Lord. I want to take your attention, and I'm not going to be long. I, I'm hoping I would, could make 400 bucks, but um, I, I believe Tristan said it well. We do rely on things of the world too much uh, to help us through this life. But our greatest help comes from Him. And when we ever realize that, living for God is so exciting, Brooklyn, because He created us to worship Him and Him only. And when we get sidetracked and we begin to uh, give more of our time to something else. God will get your attention. I promise you that. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's, it's not too good. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23, simply says, buy the truth and sell it not. Some 27 years ago, he bought the truth. And he fell in love with the truth. Truth is more than Acts 2.38. Truth starts in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. And it ends at the last amen in Revelation. But he fell in love with truth, and that's how... He can be such a pastor he is today because he grabbed a hold of truth and he loves it with everything he has. This is a, a pastor appreciation day. Sister Tiffany, thank you so much for being part of this ministry. You see, it's not a one-man band but this lady here does more than you folks even realize. And then Tristan and, and, and Brooklyn. I remember when Brooklyn was just a little girl. She would run and grab a hold of Papa and almost knock me down. But she just loved her Papa. But they both fell in love with this great truth. And I'm so glad and honored today uh, to be able to stand here and recognize my son. Brother Rincon, he's one of a kind. One of a kind. Tiffany, I loved you. Proud of you. Proud of you. This church has set aside this day 
to recognize them. And I deeply, deeply appreciate that. My heart is so full today. Amen. For what he has done, but most of all what he's going to do. This is the church's greatest hour. It's not a time to sit on the sideline. But it's time for the relief pitcher to step to the scene. I believe it's two outs and two strikes and three balls. And the last pitch is about ready to be thrown. And God wants to use this church if you continue to honor the man of God and his wife and his family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I woke up about 3 o'clock this morning, and this was on my mind. And I thought, how and what could I say today to finish this? Uh, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. He'll get it there in a minute. It's okay, take it as long as you can because I'm counting up the, the minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's okay. Take all the time you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's payback time, son. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love you, man. Hallelujah. Oh, he's got it there. Look, just a second. <laughs> And he, God, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. But the greatest gift I feel the church ever to give the church was a pastor. Stand up, boy. I hated to lose him. Brother Rincon, he called me up. He said, Dad, how, how did you deal with your children, when they left, he said, I, I went out there and stood by the car and I cried like a baby. I said, it's payback, son, for what you've done to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I'll be back. He was telling a story. He never did show up. But I couldn't be any happier than I am today, more blessed than I am today. Because God called him in this last hour to pastor a church that Brother Abbott spent years. Brother Abbott, I love you, appreciate you. Sister Abbott, love you, appreciate you. Raising that great daughter of yours. What a team they are. What a team they are. They are in love. And look at the results of Brooklyn and Tristan. But God called him, I believe, in the ninth hour, two outs. Bases are loaded, two strikes and three balls. Son, it's time for you to throw your best pitch. This world is crazy. 
Brother Miller, it's about ready to blow up. And if you're in the church, stay in the church. Can I say that again? If you're in the church, stay in the church. (laughs) But if you're not in the church, get in the church. Because he's getting ready to throw that last pitch. (laughs) I know what's going to (laughs) happen. It's good to be on a winning team, isn't it? We're on a winning team. Let's all stand this morning. Son, I love you more than a father could love a son. And I'm so grateful for the life that you have lived. Oh, hallelujah. Go to verse 12. When he feels like, or when you feel like he's throwing you a curve, your pastor, God placed him here. He called him to do a work. It's not easy living in a pastor's home. Brooklyn, you come to church and never felt the presence of the Lord because there's things you're experiencing no other kids experience. When he stands before God, he will give an account of his life, his personal life. And then he will give an account of his fatherhood, how he treated his wife, how he raised his children, And then he will answer to God for each and every one of you. So if he preaches something or teaches something that goes against the grain of yours, you thank God daily for him because he is watching out for your soul. He is watching out for your children. Amen. That they would be saved. God said... He gave, it was his gift to the church. Why? For the perfecting of the saints is to perfect you, to get you ready for this great coming. Amen of Jesus Christ. Can we just love him this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Master, we love you today. God, we're so grateful, Lord, for all that you have done. Uh, Lord, for your presence, God, that we feel in this house today. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for this pastor, Lord, uh, and his wife uh, that loves your people, uh, that will give anything that will help them, uh, Lord, and lead them to salvation. Uh, Oh, God, we love you today. Uh, Lord, we worship you this morning. Uh, We magnify you, oh, God. Uh, Lord, you are that peace, oh, God. Uh, Lord, of the puzzle of our life. Uh, Lord, that will guide and direct us, Lord, towards heaven's door. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. As we begin to sing, amen. I wonder if we could just close this way. They didn't tell me how to close. 
Amen. I wonder if we could just come to the front in honor of your pastor. Say, Pastor, I maybe don't understand what, what is going on. I don't understand the way you're leading the church. But I have put my faith in you by the authority that God has placed in my pastor that I will follow him in his direction, Lord, for my family. Will you do that this morning? Amen. I promise you he will not lead you down a dark and ugly road, but he's leading you towards heaven today. Amen. Can we just pray this morning? Hallelujah. 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 So strong that I will not be moved. I will not be moved. Hallelujah. Because you are the truth. Right now, just right where we're at, if you're a first time visitor, amen, or if you're a part of this church, I wonder if just for a few moments, if we could just lift our hands this morning in the presence of the Lord. Let's just reach out to Him today. Let's just reach out to a God who knows us. A God who loves us. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord, today. We thank you, God, Lord, for sending a man. Sending a man to preach us the truth. Sending a man to lead us and to guide us. Lord, we love you today. God, we thank you today, God. Hallelujah. God, we lift our hands and surrender this morning. We lift our hearts to you, God. Hallelujah. We're thankful unto you, God. Oh, Jesus, we love you. I have made my heart's decision. Hallelujah. Let's reach out to him this morning. Come on, we got a few moments here. God, we thank you, God, this morning. I will never leave the beauty hallelujah, of hallelujah. your holiness and truth. Give me a love. Hallelujah. And all the things we love you, close to you. Hallelujah. God, we love you. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. I wonder right where you're at this morning, if we can just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's done in this place today. Amen. What a beautiful presence of the Lord that is in this place today.